Hi, this is Jeff. And this is Mariana. And we're professional storytellers who love books. Welcome to Fiction Friends. Where we take a deep dive into the most popular fiction titles in all of literature. From classic reads and old-time favorites. To modern romance and contemporary thrillers. Join us as we discover new ways to read, look at, and talk about books. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so you stay up to date with every new release. Hi everyone! Welcome to another episode of Fiction Friends. This is Mariana and Jet's here. As usual, hello. <laughs> and we have a special guest joining us for this episode. He is a TikTok star and the podcast host of Life on the Grow. Please help me welcome Alton Lorenzo Amor. Woohoo! Yeah. Hi. It's, it's always so embarrassing when you introduce me as a TikTok star because I pretty much you do are. this dumb stuff there. But thank you for the introduction. Yeah. yeah. Right. So Alton has uh, two names. He goes by either Alton or Enzo. Um, but I think for the purposes of this podcast, what, we're just going to call him Enzo? Are we good yeah, at that? Just yeah, yeah. Just yeah. Call me okay. Enzo. okay, Enzo All right. is. So this is my first time to meet you, to talk to oh, you. Yeah. Um, even though one of my fur babies, one of my dogs, is actually from your family. Yeah, well, yeah now one I remember. My new babies. Yeah, I'm good friends with Enzo's sister, Carrie, who is also good friends with my fiancé. And uh, my, my fiancé posted about wanting a puppy. And then yes. Carrie reached out to her and telling her that like you had a bunch of puppies at the house that you wanted to give away. Um, we got two of them. One of them is with my fiancé. The other one is with me. And uh, yeah, so thank you, Amor family, for <laughs> adding to our family. For sure. Uh, our, yeah. our Carrie, if you're listening, thank you. Yeah. Um, our, our household is a mini dog factory. We I always heard, have I heard. <laughs> We all love dogs, dogs here. Every three yeah. months. I heard. Yeah. So, um, Mariana's actually the one who tapped you to join the podcast. So, Mariana, yeah. how did you go about inviting Enzo to the podcast? So, I saw him posting about his podcast, yeah. Life on the Grow. So, that's where I I found him. And then he has this episode about books, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, the, the October, October reads. October reads. Yeah. Very and so you're everywhere on social media. Maybe you want to tell our <laughs> listeners where they can find you. Mm-hmm. Not TikTok because it's embarrassing there. <laughs> so maybe you Why? can just find me at Instagram at Alton Lorenzo. And then my podcast show is called yeah. Life on the Grow. You can find right. it on Spotify. That's okay, we'll, we'll, we'll list all of that in our show notes. So yeah. listeners can have a good way of uh, get, going to your stuff, to your platform. So how's, how's the podcast? What's your podcast about? How's it going? Oh, my podcast is basically just me talking about self-help topics. Um, not cringy ones. I try not to, to make it cringy because <laughs> apparently podcast shows with a lot of self-help topics tend to be very repetitive and very cringy. So I tend to like not stray away from that. that route. Yeah. So okay. I, I just talk whatever I want. Maybe um, book recommendations or just run or curious questions that we all have from time to time. What made you want to start the podcast? Um, It's very corny of me to say that G- Gary Vaynerchuk made me start okay. a podcast. Because no. it's so you're a Gary V fan? I was, but then you he was. started being so repetitive. <laughs> I hate the guy. Like, I, I, I'm sorry. I mean, I know he has a yeah, lot of fans. But hate like, is a big word. But like, he has he has a way of like making these overarching statements and like assuming that that's gonna apply to everyone. And I just find yeah. it's very like I'd have it's to as agree. if he has his word is truth, and it's always it's never it's rarely ever the case. <laughs> yeah, like, there are course, so many situations I mean, wherein his advice won't work. Yeah. Um, right. Exactly. But I I acknowledge his success and everything and the empire that he's built. Mm-hmm. But I feel like people should be very careful when it comes to listening to his advice because it's yeah. not always gonna apply to everyone's uh, exactly. situation. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but uh, right. I'm glad. Happy for you. Uh, I, th- <laughs> I know your podcast is doing well. Congrats. Mm, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah. I mean, you're you're creating that own sphere of influence of your own. So, I'm hoping you practice that with responsibility as well. Um, I'm sure you are. I'm sure you I'm are. I'm hoping. I'm hoping to. I'm hoping yeah. to. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So, um, usually, me and Mariana, we ask like an icebreaker question to our guests. But I think I'm gonna ch- change things up. Dude, usually, I, was I ask, ask them what three books, what three <laughs> books they would bring to a deserted island. But I don't know, Mariana. Is there like any other question you wanna ask? I no. have one in mind, but maybe you have one. 
I was no, this is going scary. to ask the three books that you would bring. Yeah, I kind of want to switch it up because it's yeah, kind of okay. getting uh, it's kind of getting uh, old. Yeah. yeah. So, do you have any question on the top of your mind you want to ask? I have one, but uh, no, 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 you no, you know. <gasps> Why am I so scared? <laughs> All right. Um, what is your least favorite trope in fiction? My least favorite trope, mm, um, um, young adults. <laughs> That's why I love this book because it was oh, so unexpected. Interesting. interesting. It was, yeah, I it was so unexpected that I love this type of book, and it turns out it's a young adult <laughs> type. All right, of book. so that, I think that's a perfect segue. Today we're covering Radio Silence by yes. Alice Oseman. Um, it was picked by Enzo. We usually all no, we always have our guests yes, pick, pick the yeah. books. That we cover on the podcast. So um, before we start with the actual review, Enzo, why? What made you want choose this book to cover on the podcast with us? Okay, first of all, I, I saw in one of your previous episodes that someone chose a little life. Hey, who yeah. does that? It's it's yeah. it's torture. <laughs> but it's a great yeah. book. Yeah. So yeah, the reason why I chose this book because it covers a lot of important issues that's prevalent. Okay. Today. Yeah. It does. It does. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's very innocent, very sweet, and very adorable story of two, I uh, one boy and one girl. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's enough. I mean, that's we don't want to give too much away. But so yeah. for new listeners, we have a spoiler-free portion of the podcast. This mm-hmm. is the first part wherein we talk about the spoiler-free summary, and then we give our initial thoughts without giving away any spoilers, and yes. then we'll go into a break where we'll warn you about. Uh, entering spoiler territory and if you want to enter uh, the spoiler talks then it's fine Um, you can join us in the second part of the episode but if you haven't read the book yet don't worry this review is still safe for you so uh, yeah Um, Enzo you want to give us a short uh, spoiler free summary what is the the synopsis of the book um that's a very hard question it's It's hard because it's a lot of things yeah of of course It's a lot of things. And to be honest, I was very anxious coming into this podcast because it's been a while since I've read. So I really did some uh, very bad attempt of fast reading, rereading the book. And I only got up to like 30% of the way. So so Frances is the (laughs) protagonist of the story. And she's currently struggling with the academic pressure that she's currently in. Struggling to keep, uh, struggling to balance her passion and also her academic status i don't know where this is going am i doing good yeah, yeah, no, yeah it's fine. you're on so track that's it right yeah it's like basically a, a, it. it's about a girl yeah. who's struggling through high school essentially she's getting to a point where she's having to think about university um mm-hmm. where she's going for college and all of that and um somehow along the way she meets a guy who happens to run a podcast that she's really into and then yes. the two of them have what an adventure sort, sort not really like, like an, an adventure through high school sort <laughs> yeah. of something like that right yeah yep. um, and I think that's the best we can do without giving too much of the plot away because there are a few twists and turns um, there are some a lot unexpected things that take place but essentially it's a story of two kids navigating their way through high school together and one of them happens to run a really popular podcast what right? a coincidence yes yeah, yeah. alright so <laughs> with that um, Mariana, do you want to open up with your initial thoughts of the book? Okay, so let's start with a cover. I have a thing for people as covers. So when I saw it, I was like, hmm. But luckily, I found a cover of the book without the human in it. And <laughs> wait, I wait. like the version which cover, of this which cover Which cover more. did you? Well, which cover? Can you? Because there are different covers. Which one are you? The one with the <laughs> The one with the one a Beyonce like the, looking girl. With a pixelated face or like the, yeah, pixelated, the yes. distorted and face. She had a nose ring. Yeah. I mean, I guess <laughs> we have the same cover, right? Okay, okay. Yeah. That's <laughs> fine. So anyway. Yeah, um, go on. Anyway, I found this other cover with radio silence in the middle of the road. Okay. And okay. yeah, I guess it was shot. I mean, like, I guess Minus it's based like on the road a, trip it's scene. It's the face of a girl, but it's like, there are like shades of like... I think it's the one, the yeah. same one with the pink and blue streaks. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah, mine also. So yeah. yeah. So the three of right. us have the same cover. Yeah, I like the other version more because it speaks to the story more than the 
human cover. And it even has a blurb. Oh, is this Remember the one what radio used to say? I hope somebody is listening. Yes, is that. that the one? Yes, okay. that's what yeah. I have. That's what I have. Well, the reading experience... <laughs> could have been better if I were 16 as it seems like I was reading straight out of Wattpad. Something I enjoyed right. and even participated in back in the day. <laughs> so the book in itself feels like reading a fan fiction and that's something I don't enjoy as much now. So although the writing is gonna come off frustrating for other readers, especially non-YA enthusiasts who chance upon reading this book are perhaps advanced readers or people in general who don't enjoy fanfic <laughs> but i would have to say the writing has its own charm as it really is the realest voice you can get with a character like frances it's such a gen z read from the way the lgbtq themes are being covered and how it's discussed so casually as it should be yes. and how it's seamlessly just there already if you like diversity in sexuality and race this novel contains that so romance being just a side topic was not executed in a cheesy manner, which I love, which I prefer. So it's more a friendship than anything else. A relief, to be honest, considering I don't typically enjoy teenage romance anymore. So I like how they were also putting it out there, how high grades are not the only formula to success. So I would perhaps recommend this to ages 16 below. So there was also a nostalgic air to it since I was such a Tumblr girl too back in the day. Um, have you guys? Do, do I was you also even a Tumblr have guy. Tumblr? I never had Tumblr. That's what where I Tumblr? started out as a writer. I have but a writing blog there. Everything starts at Tumblr. Ooh, interesting. But, but you will never find it. Why not? <laughs> Jet. No one will ever find it. Yeah, go, go ahead, Mariana. Sorry I interrupted you. How about you? How come you never had Tumblr? I, I don't know. I I always think that Facebook was the first platform. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now that you mentioned... I, I think they both came up around the same time, those two platforms. I don't know Tumblr. I'm sorry. <laughs> but it's kind of like it's kind of like Twitter, right? Or no? It, it's a no long-form Twitter, essentially. Oh, it's like right. a blog or something. Yeah. So... There was a rescue road trip mission that sounded a whole lot like Paper Towns, so it was nothing fresh. I also didn't like the podcast in general. I liked the premise of the novel, but I did not fully understand the podcast at all. Same. Except that it was sci-fi. Yeah, kind of me too, first time reading right? So, the constant self-pity and wallowing in sadness Frances can be tiresome. As she blames herself too much for every single thing. Also, the use of old sport is very pretentious. And the conflict between characters was so shallow. But this feels like the kind of drama mm -hmm. that happens in high school. So all in all, it was such a genuine yep. read. Right? right? Yeah. Um, I'm gonna... I want to double down on a lot of things okay. that you said. So we, I, I want to go next. All right. Because I know Alton that you like this <laughs> book. And I kind of want to end this segment with on a positive note oh, no, so it's fine it's fine no no i want to end this segment on a positive note so we'll have you end it out um i'll go first and then you can end out the segment with your review on um radio silence right all yes, right yes. so um okay first of all uh, let me preface this review by saying that i am a firm believer in letting people like what they like um if you if you're if you've read radio silence and you liked it and you're listening to this podcast right now don't take my comments as an assault on your tastes. Um, you are allowed to like what you like. And yes. you are always going to be entitled to your own personal preferences and all of that. And also, uh, no, I am not the target market for this book. Um, <laughs> never will be, never have been. Um, however, as the person who runs this podcast, I also think that I owe it to listeners to not sugarcoat my reading experience with this book and how I feel about it. Um, the short version of my take is this might be one of the worst reading experiences I've ever had in <laughs> a long time. Um, I, I, I'm, however, this book does, does have its strong points and I will get into that later. Um, let's talk about my misgivings first. Uh, well, let's talk about my misgivings with this book in three separate categories. First, uh, the writing style and then the story arc and then the actual characters themselves. Uh, first, the writing style, it felt 
like as what Mariana said, it felt like a what reading a Wattpad entry. It's very amateurish. Uh, in fairness, the author was only 22 years old when this book was published. But, you know, if F. Scott Fitzgerald was 24 when he wrote The Great Gatsby, Victor Damn. Hugo was 29 when he published The Hunchback of Notre Dame. So I don't want to say that this book is bad because she's young. Age has absolutely nothing to do with it. And there are there is one particular quote in this book that highlights that uh, point better than I am, but we'll get to that later in our favorite quotes portion of the podcast. So yeah, again, I don't want to say this book is bad just because she's a youngling. Like young writers are capable of producing good fiction. Um, there, it's just that there's nothing refreshing, insightful, or nuanced about the story style, the st- uh, the writing style. It was evident in the overly creative use of certain adverbs and punctuation choices. Dialogue was weak. For me, it was very corny conversations that were had just for the sake of conversation. Like I felt like a lot of their conversations added no real depth to the characters. It didn't push the plot forward. They were like a lot of it was mere pop references and didn't really. I mean, it, it, it felt like it was coming to come off as cool and relevant, but it failed. There were a lot of stutters, like the characters were stutter a lot, which I appreciate because it adds a sense of realism. Because, you know, people really do stutter in real life. We have our arms and our arms and all of that. But like in fiction, there's when you overdo it in literature, it can get slightly annoying also. Uh, the book was also overloaded, again, as I've said, with references to pop culture that were I feel like were merely there for entertainment value. They would mention some TV shows or some movies or some random songs by some indie artists that were supposed at least you know supposed to like or know but uh they were merely there for entertainment value they didn't really give any depth to the story or the characters themselves um and so they felt almost gimmicky uh, and then last of course there's a lot of violation of the show don't tell principle which i've talked about on the podcast before it's all and when you violate show don't tell it's always very indicative of lazy writing i'll get into the specifics of that later on Ooh. um Next, we'll talk about the actual story arc itself. I acknowledge, again, as what Alton said earlier, that many of the major themes surrounding this book are very noble ideas that are worth exploring. It's a critique of the educational system as we know it. It talks about the lack of opportunities for creative individuals who aren't into traditional sciences or math or engineering or whatever. It also briefly talks about being uh, a misfit and an outsider or being a social outcast and all of that. There are talks of non-traditional modes of sexuality that are thrown into there as well. There are subplots Mm. of mental health issues and unhealthy family environments that are thrown in there. And, you know, these are uh, very important issues. And I'm not totally against the idea of a book that has layers to it. In fact, the more layers that the book can have, the better. But I felt like this particular book felt like a bunch of subplots were thrown into a mixing pot for the sake of adding layers to the story. Like, yes, certain characters weren't of traditional sexual orientations, but did that really affect the plot in any way? Like, was the whole main plot influenced by the fact that a character was asexual? From my perspective, it really didn't. Um, Many of the main characters were biracial. Our protagonist is biracial. Um, A lot of them were there for the sake of diversity but the race again as i've said added nothing to the story at all um it was almost just like uh it was they were merely biracial just as a gimmick and nothing else it was like the author had a list of gen z things that she wanted to tick off like one by one biracial lead check non (laughs) non non-academic protagonist check single mother check like, uh, you know, an Asian best friend, check. Somebody with mental issues, check. You know, like, it's like, and like, no, but none of these things really added to the plot overall. They were mere quirks, but they weren't storytelling devices, and I felt really unfulfilled with them. Um, I felt like this book desperately tried to be woke and failed. There are plenty parts of the story that require you to suspend your logic, like with the whole. Uh, I'll get to the specifics later on. But, you know, I mean, in fiction, you're really required to suspend your logic to a certain extent. Of course, like, I have to suspend my logic if I want to uh, enjoy Harry Potter. Obviously, magic is mm. not real. There is no wizardry school or whatever. But right. 
But this book demanded too much suspension of logic from me because some some events and some actions were just downright implausible to the point that it took away from my reading experience. Um, and that does it for the story arc. And I, lastly, I want to end my review on the characters themselves. First of all, the main character, she sucks. I'm, I'm sorry. It's, and, and it's not just like she's <laughs> yeah, unlikable. She's not, she's not my favorite character. She's, I mean, it's not like she's unlikable because I, I, I firmly believe you don't have to like the book's characters for the book to be good but at the very least they have to be interesting and Frances the protagonist of this book she is just as interesting as watching paint dry like it's <laughs> just she portrays herself as an interesting even when she really isn't and like uh, I, this is where a lot of the show don't tell principles come in because all because she's the it's this book is written in we haven't talked about this yet but this book is written in the first person so she it's her voice we're listening to she's the narrator of the story mm. it's her everything that's being told to us is seen through her lens so all throughout the book the main character who is also the narrator of the story she keeps on telling us that she's this weird girl that she's very quirky and that her friends wouldn't yeah. understand her that they wouldn't let her be who she really is she tells us that that like she's nerdy but she tells us all of these things but does she really yeah, do yeah, anything that is. proves it i mean yeah she's, she's an like artist a... <laughs> but like she's but like a like, pick me girl yeah like yeah. that like i mean yes yeah, right so she does fan art but like a lot of yeah. like cool girls normal girls do fan art she references pop culture a lot and then but you know that's something that's normal yeah. regular behavior that everyone does that doesn't mean you're quirky or like <laughs> okay you wear leggings that have I don't know the Simpsons characters on them or whatever okay you have bad taste in clothing but that does that mean you're really special different from everyone else no and like she tells us all mm-hmm. of these things but she does nothing to prove it and like I feel like she manufactures a lot of her own problems. Like she keeps saying her friends wouldn't allow her to be the way that she is, yeah. even though we never really see her friends acting terribly towards her, right? Like I've never yeah, yeah. there wasn't a single scene that her friends were like, Ew, like why are you like that? Or like, you know, it's like I don't know. I feel like yeah. she's in her mind a lot. Uh, she has a mom who's portrayed to be some kind of like a cool mom, very supportive of her, like really understands her. Yeah. And we're supposed to empathize with her about how she's conflicted on whether she wants to go to college or not. Like, obviously, your mom's going to support you regardless of your choice. So, like, uh, she was positioned in a in a story wherein, like, she's supposedly uh-huh. uh, struggling to figure out what she wants to do with her life. But she has such a supportive parent behind her. And, like, yeah. you have everything that you need to possibly succeed in life regardless of what you want to do so like it's hard to empathize with her on that front and this is my main gripe with the book Aled had a lot more depth Aled Aled Aled, I don't know how to pronounce his name sorry I'm gonna say Aled Aled had a lot more depth to his character but he spends much Uh of the book isolating himself from everyone else and so we don't really get a good sense of who he is Daniel also had some depth to his character, but again, we don't get to spend mm. much time with him. Right. I wish they, I wish we got to explore their characters more because they're much more interesting than, than what's her Frances. name, Frances. Okay. Um, and then throughout the book, there's one main antagonist, and it's so obvious. It's the Carol the mom, mom, the mom mm. Carol. Oh yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And it's so weird because when you when you bring in a villain to a story, the villain is supposed to have certain nuances, depth to her character. But right, in this book, right. she's just made out to be evil for the sake of being evil. We don't know why but she's that don't way. You think it's we don't know what her real of... motivations are as a parent. She's just naturally... <laughs> Sorry, yeah, oh my God. But don't you think it's also because of we're hearing <laughs> the side of a child? And you know how like you only hear one side of a story, but so... It will always be like my mom sucks. My mom's like this. My mom's like that. Like I found it, I found it like that. Yeah, <laughs> but I feel like that's such a cop out. Like I feel like it's such a cop out. It's such a lazy. It's just. It's like yeah. I feel like it's such an excuse to not explore the depth of other characters when you're doing it like that. And if that's why I made the comment earlier uh-huh. about it la- being lazy writing. Um, She's just the the Carol character is just portrayed as uh-huh. this like horrendous human being, but we don't know why she's that way. She's just like we we are we're introduced to her. She's already evil, and she's just that way. To, like she even, I don't know. Some animals were harmed yeah, in the making of this I book. I hated that. And, I hated oh, that. Yes. because of her character, and like we we don't really get to know uh-huh. why it's like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Funny. And lastly, like the whole diversity thing was really forced for me. Like. 
the fact that you know the main character is biracial or that there's an Asian best friend in the story or that you know there's an asexual character in the story like they're like mm. they don't add to the story they're just yeah. happy <laughs> they're just quirks like that these characters have and I don't know I didn't buy any of it so I'm that concludes my oh, very negative monologue. monologue I'm sorry <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I'm gonna give you to an opportunity to please yeah. try to salvage this book for any of our listeners who might still no, no. be interested in reading it no 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 because obviously because this book is yeah. rated for 4.0 on Goodreads. So like obviously, it, it appeals to yeah. a lot yeah. of people. It appeals to a lot of people. So I, I, again, my perspective, I'm in the minority here. So don't take my opinion as yeah, sure, for sure. as the truth. So like, um, we're here to provide perspective and I want to I want to hear from people like you who yeah. this book did resonate with. So um, maybe you can give us an insight on into how this book impacted you. No, yeah, you you actually have a lot of good points in yeah. terms of the character development. There are some parts that are just there for compliance. I totally agree with that. But I think the 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 two main points that really resonates this book to me was the academic pressure and also the platonic relationship that the um Francis and Alid has. Because I mean, me growing yeah. up, I used to fail a lot of my subjects back in high school, and my mom <laughs> would always berate me for that. And I and I. I used to think that if I don't have good grades, I'd be yeah. messed up in the future. <laughs> so this book really resonated with that specific aspect. And then also for the platonic relationship, you don't have, you don't need to have like a romantic relationship. Yeah, I agree. Right? Yeah. If you have like this deep friendship that you have with another gender. Relationship with them, You don't yes. need to be in a romantic relationship. So that really resonated with me because I... Yeah, because I have a female best yeah. friend, see, um, Patricia Baggio. So, yeah, people have been teasing us about that. So mm-hmm. it was it was cool. Yeah, yeah. No, so I, I agree, totally agree with you. This is something me and Mariana talk about also a lot. Like there are so many otherwise good books that are ruined because the main characters are forced to like get into a romantic relationship with one another, even though yeah it's it's not really there like it's so unnatural the way that they're just forced to be together just because okay you're yeah. you're a boy you're a girl you're two main characters kiss now kiss <laughs> and it's kind of <laughs> right. annoying how that happens in a lot of otherwise really good books and i like in particular how yeah you're right this book did a good job of not subjecting itself to that kind of expectation it um it went uh showed that it's possible to yes. tell a story without having the two main characters fall in love with one another and still be appealing to so many people around the world not necessarily to me but like again I can't argue like it's 4.01 Goodreads like who am I gonna argue with like it's success right so um, 4.2 okay uh, that's pretty high huh so maybe we can talk about uh, each of us Uh, Mariana I know you briefly talked about who you think this book is for um, personally, if for any listeners who are like me, if you, I mean, I, if you've been listening to this podcast long enough, you'd probably know my personal tastes. If you're like me, don't read this book. You're not gonna like it. Um, <laughs> however, I would. I I was trying to think back if a 16 year old me would. Yeah. And I think I wouldn't have necessarily liked it, but I wouldn't hate it. Right. Yeah. You know, it's 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 something that I still would have read. Like because it speaks yes. to that certain age, because it it should resonate with a certain age group, and I feel like you know readers who are in high school who are who all who all they can think about is going to good college schools, yeah. or getting accepted into good universities or whatever. Then yeah, this book is definitely going to speak to you because mm. you're not exposed to real world problems yet, mm-hmm. and that's what that's who I think for, this book yeah. is for. Um, it's right. not as it's not deep because it's not yeah. supposed to be deep. It's supposed to be for um, young. I wouldn't even say young adults. Yeah. I would even say yeah, like teens. younger than tweens, like teenagers. That. Yeah, like teenagers. Free so teens. that's who I think this book would be for. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And also, who who is a uh, who's just who's just stuck? You know, because people are paralyzed by what really society tells us to do people tell us that we have to fit in this mold that our parents set us to do back when we were young but it's not really like that anymore so yeah it's all about uh-huh. pursuing what you like to do you don't have to go yes. to like have good grades or anything like that so yeah no that's true because um i actually i have i took up 
uh, IT in college. I went to La Salle in Manila, but I don't what? use it. Uh, I do use nothing it. of my degree. I'm I'm a writer by profession. I do a podcast. I have a YouTube channel. I I am an entrepreneur. None of which is uh is of your like, course uh, is a manifestation of my IT skills, which of which I have none. Yeah. So like you know, the whole and I f- that's why uh this book does have redeeming qualities mm-hmm. in that sense that like you it's true you don't have to fit into a certain educational yeah. mold in order for you to eventually find success in the future you don't need to put that kind of pressure on yourself when you're younger um to figure mm-hmm. out what you want to do for the rest of your life uh you have so much time to do that and mm-hmm. yeah so i just wish it i just wish um i mean the the lessons that this book has it's very good uh-huh. i just wish it had a better story right <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah um yeah so with that maybe we can move into the context surrounding the book so again as i mentioned earlier the author is currently only 27 years old and this book was published five years ago so she was only 22 when it was published and that's very ex- that's very impressive like um i've written books uh, I've written a bunch of books, but I was. Really? It took me a while. Like maybe, I only started writing books maybe two years ago, yeah. so that would have made me around twenty-eight. So, and she was like published, world-renowned yeah. author at twenty-two. So that's like very impressive. Um, Radio Silence won an award called the Silver Inky, and I had to look it up what an inky was. So apparently, an inky is an award-giving body okay. for young adult literature. So. Oh, cool. uh, for for that for that space she's multi-awarded for that for the young adult space she has a bunch of other young adult books um she has another book i think it's called solitaire and i was I, i'm not sure if either of you have read it but no there's uh it's so funny because there's a blurb for that book that says it's the digital ages version oh no it's 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 the catcher in the rye for the digital age <laughs> and i felt somewhat offended <laughs> because uh, the catcher in the rye is one of my favorite books of all time and and then i, I and then um the, the person who uh the blurb was actually yeah. like you know how they put like who the blurb is from and then it was put like so the yes. catcher in the rye for the digital age dash the times so in my mind <laughs> what the new york times said that she's the this this book is the catcher in the rye for the dig- digital age and then i had to look it up they were actually referring to the london times and so i was like okay uh i'm glad uh, yeah so like okay misleading like uh don't, don't put that on the catcher in the rye like red flag not, not the same level yeah red flag essentially N- not reading um, that book <laughs> yeah um but however radio silence actually uh based on interviews mm-hmm. that the alice oseman has done Frances's story in radio silence is actually similar to her own personal experience because she didn't find her university experience particularly fulfilling and that served as the inspiration for yes. Frances's story in radio silence um i don't know if you check the goodreads page for this book but uh, the author actually wrote a review for her own book. I don't know how many of authors. I I don't know if this is a thing or. No, if I didn't it, know that. Yeah, so she wrote an she wrote a review for her own book. She rated it five stars, of course. Um, it's her <laughs> oh book. God. She she gets to do that. Um, and I feel like this is such a Gen Z thing to do. I'm sorry, I feel, I sound like such an old guy, but but uh, <laughs> yeah, she rated her own book and she proceeded to explain all of the major theme themes, messages, and the plot of the book. So this is what she wrote. Yeah. So the book is about a high achieving teenage girl who fe- who believes her future lies in academia. Uh, her learning that sometimes there are other paths through life and learning to embrace her passion for art. The shy, mysterious creator of a science fiction audio drama podcast. A friendship between a boy and a girl where they don't fall in love. (laughs) A critique of the way the education system brainwashes teens into believing that they don't get good grades, they're destined for failure and misery. So, I always think, okay, this is my personal belief. This is where, like, I, me, the writer comes in. I always think that if you're a writer and you have to explain Explain what your book is about to your readers. That's a red mm. flag right there. I think you should always let your book speak for itself. Because she thinks like, it's bad. Yeah, because if you if you have to explain to your... How dumb do you have to think your readers are if you have to explain what your book is about to them after they read it? Like, uh, I, I don't know. That was just such like a... That was kind of off for me. Like, I've never... Like, there's a reason why 
I think some of the best authors like they don't like to explain too much about the metaphors behind their books. They let the readers do that for them. Mm, yeah. And uh, maybe it's something that younger authors are doing now. I don't know. Uh, I haven't read many younger works lately. So I, and again, like who am I to argue? She's she's like really highly rated on Goodreads. So she's appealing to a certain audience. And yeah, it's us um, Gen Z. This it's book for us. is. <laughs> Yeah, it's for you guys. Um, it's really pop. It's really popular. Um, I don't think there's any talks for like movies or whatever just yet, uh-huh. uh, or any TV uh-huh. shows about it. Um, no talks about that. Uh, however, I think like with since she started so early, I think she has a lot of potential for okay. growth as a writer. I'm curious as to whether she's eventually going to become really big in the future. All right. Considering that like you know she started really at a age. really young age, so. Uh, yeah, a silver so, lining for Alice Oseman. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I I don't know. I, I'm probably not gonna read any of her works anytime soon. But hopefully, <laughs> like she gets she gets something. You know, she she produces something that's worth exploring in the future. So, yeah, that's essentially it for the context surrounding the book. And I think that also concludes our spoiler-free portion of the podcast. Um, be mindful. We're gonna take a break, and then we'll come back with our favorite quotes, our most memorable moments, and our final thoughts, and maybe some stuff we didn't like about the book. So, uh, if you want to get into the specifics, join us after the break, and we'll be right back. And that concludes the spoiler-free portion of the episode. If you do plan on reading the book, please feel free to come back and join us in the conversation in the second part of this episode. We'll be right back. And we are back. So for this portion, we will talk about our favorite quotes first. And then we move on to our favorite moments. And then we end up with our final thoughts. So can I do the quotes first? No, I want to do it first because I only have one. <laughs> Fine. Okay, go do it. <laughs> Very surprising. <laughs> All right. There's this quote. It's actually by Francis. Yeah. Which is you surprising hate Francis. Because, um, I, she's not my favorite character. Uh However, she had a very insightful quote, and she says, On the 1st of November, I turned 18. I, I expected it to feel different, but of course I didn't. I don't think age has much to do with adulthood. And that's yeah. so right. Like, I know a lot of people who... Age is not the indicator for a person's level of maturity. Like, you can be Most, 16 yeah. and, be in, yes. and be incredibly mature because of your personal life experiences, because of the things that you've been exposed to. And you can have a level of maturity that's just as profound, that's just as deep as someone who's 24, even when you're 16, just because you've had that kind of exposure. Uh, A lot of people who like to compare themselves with other people their Mm -hmm. age. Yeah. um, That's, I don't think you should ever do that. It's, It's not good to race. It's not a race with people who are the same age as you. Um, I think it would be unfair pressure on your part uh-huh. to do that. And uh, it's a good message to send that like more than looking at other people your age, it's more of you assessing your personal environment. Yeah. Who are the people you're hanging out with? Um, how are they bringing you up? How are they impacting you? Are they pushing you to succeed? Are, you, are they pulling you down? Are they dragging you down? Those are the more important factors, more so than how old they are or uh, how old you are. You know, stuff like age has very little to do with it. So that's that's a, that was yeah. the that was a really nice quote, Definitely and it agree. made me it made me like, oh, Francis, uh, you have you <laughs> oh, have Francis, one. You're, try, you're trying to win me over. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's it. That's it for me. That's my that's my favorite quote from the book. Me, um, mine, Kai. I don't have quotes. They're more of like lines that I really like. The line that made me go like, woohoo! Thank God, was when Francis said. You probably think that Alad Last and I are going to fall in love or something since he is a boy and I am a girl. I just wanted to say we don't. That's all. Yeah. So I this love is like in connection book, to Yeah. To what Enzo said a while ago and uh, about platonic friendships and all that. So when I yeah. read this part, um yeah, I was so happy when I read this part. This kept me going. I was like, huh, thank God. No, nothing romancy. So Same. yeah, that's what made me like that line. Like, okay, case closed. Anyway, the second line that I have is something that is quite personal. And it was when Francis said, 
I'd never even considered doing an art degree. I'd always enjoyed art, but the idea of doing it as a degree, it'd be just useless, wouldn't it? And what would be the point when I get such good grades in more useful subjects? I'd just be wasting my potential. I can't choose a degree based on what an what I enjoy. So this line is really um powerful because a lot of us, especially um in Filipino families, or I don't know, maybe in general even. So it's like how some families really want their kids to be this and that. Like you have to be a doctor. You have to be a lawyer. And mm. then some some families, they do not really admire it when their kids take something... Out of the ordinary. Yeah, like something artsy yeah. or, you know, like they would prefer them to take subjects like accountancy. And... You know, um, at this point in time, um, well, I'm glad that we are more open to arts. Yeah. Because like back especially in the day, especially in the age of social media. Yeah, especially yeah, like you know how you can make a living out of being a graphic designer, and yeah, yeah. so, wala lang. It was quite personal because I also had that um, that same problem with Frances. Like I was, I was, I did not. I ended up not taking an art course because. Because people wanted me to do something practical. So yeah, yeah. that resonated with me. And yeah, that's something yeah. also that was great that it was brought up there. Yep. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to double down on what you said because I also, I actually applied for a creative writing degree for uh, at oh. UP. And then yeah. when I got when I got uh, when I got into Lasalle, and I also got into Ateneo, uh, both of which were for IT courses, my mom and my parents were essentially like, I'll go for that. <laughs> yeah, the bar. So I was like, like, I was like oh, people okay, in general. Okay, I'll, uh, I'll do that. And then look, I, I ended up being, being a professional yeah. writer. So like, you know, my UP degree would have helped me a lot more than my IT then, degree yes. now. But whatever. I mean, like, <laughs> what's done is done. Water under the bridge. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like me now, I'm I'm not even you know. Yeah. I'm not even a newspaper writer. <laughs> but yeah, I guess, well, it's really up to you what you want to do after, you know, like a course is just a course, mm, I guess. Exactly. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I just took marketing so that I can graduate faster. Ooh. Did you? Don't tell my mom what. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's true because there are, there are so many uh, universities this, these days. I know, like, the, I know that I said that the book was bad, but again, it, it talks about very important issues because yeah. there are so many colleges and universities these days that merely function as diploma mills so they function more as businesses more than actual educational institutions and what i mean by that is they're interested in getting your tuition fees collecting your tuition fees and in exchange you get a diploma yeah when it really shouldn't be the case they're not selling diplomas you're selling an education yes and um, a lot of colleges tend to forget that it's especially in the philippines we're in you know, the traditional culture is always like, oh, get your diploma because it's the way yeah. that you're going to get into yeah. a good job and all of that. You're not really told to like go to college, get mm -hmm. your education, learn from as many people as you can. Yeah. And then use that to, you know, live your life. That's never what we're taught. And it's unfair. It's un it's it's sad. And hopefully that we experience that shift moving forward. We're in like we're seeing so many success stories of people who don't have college diplomas. Mm -hmm. Hopefully this is a trend in society wherein we're like focus more on educating yourself, getting smarter, improving your skills, upskilling yourself. Yeah. And that's, you know, more than just getting your diploma. True. So, True. Yeah, that's it on that. That's my commentary on that. You have any other quotes or maybe Enzo you want to share? Yeah. I don't have any more quotes, so do you have anything? Of where do I start? Actually, Jet, you mentioned one of my one of my favorite quotes. So it was about <laughs> the maturity thing and also Mariana. So I'm I'm glad you didn't take that from me because that was the only one I had. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> so I narrowed it down even further to three. So first one is it's a lack of context because if you didn't read the book and it's obviously just very generic. It's by Aled. He he mentioned this line when he was. Um, willing to push through with his podcasting a hundred percent. So he then he was saying yes. he was saying that I'm too scared to do what I want. This is kind of give, giving you an idea of Alad's thoughts on be on on doing activities outside of the norm. So that really resonated with me because I, I I had a lot of doubts in pursuing things that is not normal after after yeah. graduating yeah. college. So I. 
I thought I had to, to go into a corporate job. And ironically, I am in a corporate job, but I'm doing podcasts as a side or as a hobby. So that's yeah. great for me. That's good going. But yeah, this really this line really resonated with me. And I wrote it down. Second one was when Alad and Francis were hanging out together in Alad's room and they were having fun. You know, they were having fun. And then Francis goes on and saying, um, I am platonically in and love then? with you. And then the next line is, that was uh-huh. that was literally the boy-girl yeah. version of No Homo. But I appreciate the sentiment. So yeah. th- th- that moment was very <laughs> sweet and very cute. Then the last yeah. one that I'd like to share was... Uh, Francis, I think it was the end of the novel when Aled is finally getting his yeah. recognition of the podcast show and he was very scared in going onto the sh- stage yes. in front of a lot of people and he was saying that what if they don't find it brilliant and then Francis goes on saying that you don't, you don't have to think that they think it's brilliant. If you like doing it, then it's already brilliant. So that's... Yeah. That was that was nice. That was nice of Francis to yeah. say. So that's all I have to share. <laughs> I'm glad you brought up the podcast because maybe we can segue into the second, um, uh, this the next part of this episode with talking about the re- the universe, the university city podcast. Yeah. Um, so number one, I don't get it. The same. <laughs> Do you actually to tell you the I, truth? I don't, I don't get it. I don't. I don't get it. What it? I don't get what it's about. <laughs> I, I don't get the appeal. Yeah. Um, it it seems it seems like one of those indie things that everyone just pretends to like even though it's crap you know <laughs> okay maybe we're not supposed I this is why I said it's lazy writing because you know we're supposed to but just suspend our beliefs or suspend our logic and you know wholeheartedly accept the fact that this is a really popular well-produced yeah. podcast but we don't know why, why? we don't yes. know what it's right. about just we're just talks- supposed to trust that it is yeah. And I and I also talked about how um, a lot of aspects of the story are implausible, and this is the main gripe that I have with that podcast. Mm. How are you supposed? If you're a person like what's his name, Alid? If you're a person like Alid, you don't have you do, you don't have a Tumblr account apparently. Yeah, you're not a very social person. <laughs> how are you supposed to grow a podcast to the num to the kind of numbers that it's getting? While maintaining your anonymity, like you yes, don't uh, market it on social media, you don't tell any of your friends to thanks, share it yes. because they're not supposed to know that it's you. How are you supposed to grow it organically? And I just couldn't engine. wrap my mind around that idea. Like, how did he do that? It's impossible. <laughs> like, it's really impossible. <laughs> it's very unrealistic, like, right? And, and yeah, also the like, type of podcast he, he presents. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just like. We're just supposed again. We're like, I just hated the fact that like we're just supposed to buy into it. Like, oh, it's really popular and it's really. Weird. And then apparently he produces his own theme music at the end too, and like it's a really nice song and whatever. Like, oh man, it's like too much for me. <laughs> too much. Too I can much. feel your agony. <laughs> like let's say I create a podcast. Like I can't, and I want to maintain my anonymity. I can't tell my friends like, hey guys, can you share this podcast? I don't know. I don't know who made it, but it sounds really good, right? <laughs> You know, it's like, it would be like really suspicious. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> Who's this guy? Right? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Like, I just found that part really weird. Um, but I, it's unfair. It's like, it's really sad because I, I feel like Alid should have been given more story time. Mm. Like, I wanted to know more about him because he feels like a much more interesting character because he's the one who's living in the. You know, he's the one living in the unhealthy household family environment. He's the yeah. one who's, right. who's exploring his sexuality in um, non-conventional ways. So, you know, but we don't know. We don't get to explore that stuff because he's not the star of the story. And it's sad. It's, I feel like it's a wasted opportunity. Oh, yeah. Same thoughts. Yeah, yeah. I thought you mentioned yeah. it. Are there any other moments you guys want to bring up? Um, I have moments, but they're more of like nitpicks more than f- favorite ones. Yeah, so go ahead, I'll just Jet. save that for later. Yeah. No, no, I'll save that for later. Maybe you okay. guys have. Maybe yeah. I have like Maybe later revelations that I yeah, can yeah. think w- of. What are your favorite moments, Anzo? Well, he mentioned the the ones where like, I, I have to admit the friendship between, um, yeah. you know, Alid and Frances. It's, 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 again, it's really cool how like, 
you can have like this wholesome friendship with someone and not feel romantically involved with uh, involved with them just because you're the opposite sex. And mm. the scene that Altan was talking about, like I'm platonically in love with you, like you know, it's it's yeah. it's it's, it's it's possible to feel that way about Absolutely. someone of the opposite sex, yeah. So that I, I maybe that would be a memorable moment for me also. Anything else you guys want to bring up? I don't think there was a specific moment that really um, stood out, but yeah. I think I like the part. I was well, I was looking forward to the part when both Daniel and Frances would be getting interviewed. That was one of the moments yeah. that I look forward. Oh my god! Off. And then they they asked for the the interview question for Francis was her thoughts on the catcher in the rye. Yeah. And then she screwed it up. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Remember she screwed it up. Yeah, I, re- I remember. Like, oh, man. <laughs> Another reason for me not to like you, Francis. <laughs> Didn't you listen to my podcast? Dang it, Francis! <laughs> no, just joking. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding around. But no, that was. I was also looking forward to that part because there's so much build up yeah. towards that point, right? Yeah. But you know who I really like? Na character, Frances' mom. Who? I feel like she's really, yeah, really yeah. cool. Yeah. Frances' mom was so very cool. chill, very. Uh, yeah, as flow. you said, she's the cool mom. Yeah, she's very supportive. Everyone's yeah. dream like, mom. Like that, I'm your friend kind of mom, you know? Yeah, let's be buddies. Let's yeah. bump bellies kind of mom. Yeah. <laughs> There's this one moment I kind of want to bring up. I'll just get into the nitpicks. Um, Remember how when they all, again, like, you know, the whole problematic, let's try to find Alid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's not reaching out to any one of us. Like, yeah. That whole sequence. And so he, we walk, we, uh, Fran- they have Francis walk into his room and he sees her and he's surprised that she's there and he runs away like <laughs> <laughs> what I'm like, because it's I, true no because I, I find my, like I because I, I forgot how it was worded because it, it, I think it was worded like and he darted out of the room or something like that and, and he darted and then I was like really Ooh. that's the reaction he has like <sighs> And then eventually, like, he catches up, she catches up to him at the club, and then that's where he decides, okay, let's have this conversation now, <sighs> this very emotionally charged conversation in the middle <laughs> of a loud club. And, like, what? So, like, I don't know, I felt like that was, like, are you are you just trying to manufacture excitement by having a chase scene where it wasn't even necessary? I don't know, I just, I just found that really weird. <laughs> And then, uh, um, and then he goes into this whole exposition dump wherein he explains to her, like, I'm sorry, I've been so self-isolating. It's because I was afraid that you guys wouldn't like me or, you know, and I was like, well, but where is this coming from? And like, again, it's another example of the, like, the show don't tell principle. Like, yeah, he's telling us that he's insecure, that yeah. they won't like him, but there were no signs of this. Like, throughout the entire story, he's this confident mm. guy who's like, really into his podcast who's really like really creative and like he owns up to his stories and all of that and then he's deep inside he's suddenly really insecure and we're just supposed to like believe that he is I don't know I I just didn't buy it yeah yeah there's some parts in the story that tends to be very abrupt without having enough yeah like there's no proper build up yeah Yeah. like that like that part I promise I promise I'm not this negative in real life listeners it's just that I had a lot of gripes with this book in particular. <laughs> yeah, because um, I, I was just listening to you in Norwegian Wood. It's like, well, I think Jet might like this Radio Silence book. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, uh, in fairness, uh, Norwegian Wood was, it wasn't my favorite read also. I was very, also very critical of that book. But mm-hmm. um, at the very least, the characters were interesting. Very Not likable, but they were interesting. Uh, with this, Francis is again like not very interesting. We don't yeah. get to explore Daniel, yeah. who's like you know like his his character. He's um he's Asian. He's also like under a lot of pressure to succeed. He also happens to be gay. You know, there's so many things that she could have done with his character, <laughs> but we don't. But we don't get to know him. But at she's all. quirky. Yeah. So like I don't know. It would have um, worked there, there though if of- there were multiple perspectives perspectives yes exactly yeah, i feel yeah. like she shot Same herself thoughts. in the foot by limiting herself to, to just speaking francis. from this pers- perspective of francis if she wrote this like in a third in a third person story and then we get to explore each character more in depth it would have been more compelling 
Um, so that's why I feel like it's such a wasted opportunity. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess that's also my that's also gonna be like my final thoughts about the book. Maybe we can move into our final segment. So, yeah, that's my final thoughts about the book. It had good intentions, but the execution was poor. Um, it the setup was like really cool, as Mariana said. Like this whole there's a sci-fi podcast, but there's an anonymous creator behind it, and then this girl meets the meets the person who runs it, and like you know, it's it's like it's a really good premise. It's a really good setup. It's just that I don't again like as you know with this with what everything that I've said, there's just too many nitpicks for me to ignore. One or two nitpicks is fine. Like every story is gonna have its nitpicks. But when your story is practically one whole big nitpick, then it's problematic for me. So um, that's why I can't really recommend this to anyone who might have the same taste in literature as me. However, um, I will go back to what I say. Maybe if you're 16, 15, 14 years old, you're trying to figure out high school, there's a good chance that this will resonate with you. so that's who maybe I can recommend this book to. However, there are better. I will say that that there are much better coming of age stories. Catcher of the Rye being one of them. Oh yeah, um, I forgot about that. So like you know, um, there is a way to speak to younger audiences without dumbing yourself down. And I feel like this book just dumbed itself down too much. Um, and that's where I'm going to conclude my review for this book. So maybe we can go to Enzo and then Mariana. You can finish it out. Hmm. Where do I start? Yeah. Just like what Jet said, if you're 16 and you're struggling to find a way, or or an Enzo, <laughs> then yeah, this book is for you if you're struggling to find pursuing a passion, or basically that, because that really resonates with me. But this book really just struggles to find depth or, or layers to the plot yeah. line. And in the ending as well was very abrupt. They didn't even tell like it what was. happened to Carice, Alex's older sister, and also Rain. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and also Rain, Daniel, and other characters. They were just like giving a happy ending between Francis and Alex, and nothing else. In terms of um, the premise of the story, like what Jet said, they have good intentions, but it kind of lacks potential. Now that you mentioned it. But it's it's adorable overall. It's sweet. Okay, so I guess everything that I wanted to say has been mentioned. But let me just um, uh, recap on the bigger point. So I would have to say again, great premise. But I wish that the podcast was explained more, as it was something. Yeah. I was also mm-hmm. really looking forward to considering that I also have a podcast. So I was very interested on the content, and I wish that the author explored more. On that aspect especially. But it's great how the book is also very diverse and very up-to-date. So if you're a kid who is looking for an easy read, then I guess um, Radio Silence yeah, a is a, a, a good a good book for you. Yeah, I have to say, I read, I read 200 pages today. i read 200 it's that easy of a read like it's really easy to consume so much Mm -hmm. of it in a short amount of time is this a fairly new book the it is loki (laughs) Hmm. um 2016 i think 2016 was it it was published in 2016 2016 So so i was just you know wondering why the choice of um platform was tumblr that was one thing i was like thinking of that's weird yeah because it was, you know, Tumblr was super, super um, in when we were in high school. And that's like a while back, like 2012. So I don't know why it they, they picked, they picked, ano, they picked Tumblr instead of, I don't know, instead of something else. Um, I don't know, because I think Tumblr is still kind of a thing. I know Taylor Swift is still active on Tumblr. Oh, really? Oh, yeah? Hmm. Yeah. yeah, maybe it's just Check not... It out later. Not yeah. a thing I don't in know. But, Asia, uh, yeah, maybe? I, I haven't checked my thunder in years. I haven't checked it in years also. But yeah, that that was kind of a weird choice for... But I think a lot of fandoms are on Tumblr. I know a lot of fandoms are on Tumblr. So maybe that's Yeah, why. so maybe it makes sense in that in that area, no? Maybe it would have worked better if it was Reddit, no? Like Reddit would have made Reddit? more Reddit. Oh, yeah, sense. I love Reddit. Oh, I can yeah, waste yeah, my yeah, hours yeah, makes in sense. there. I, I will also say that I love Tumblr, but I don't want to reveal what my Tumblr is. It's, <laughs> no! 
if you want, if you want to know amateur writing, it's all on my Tumblr. Like everything that I'm talking about now, everything that I'm bashing now is stuff that you can find on my Tumblr. Ooh, <laughs> but I won't say where it is. With what pun? Yeah. Fun fiction writer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll do our research later after this. <laughs> <laughs> No, but yeah, but okay, yeah. I think that does it for our review of yes. Radio Silence by Alice Ozma. It was um, fun. Enzo, thank you so much for joining thank us. Thank you so uh, much. Thank you for it's been Thank you for yeah. taking the bullet for reading. No, 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 no. I mean, again, we're the goal of Fiction Friends is to like consume yes. fiction in as many different forms as possible. Yeah. Like the show Absolutely. wouldn't be the show wouldn't be value adding if we just talked about the same kind of book over and over yes. again right mm-hmm. so like the mm-hmm. fact that we're that we're still talking about many different kinds of books like that's good that's good for us so thank you for bringing this to our attention yeah um, for sure we it hope you, maybe we can come back you can come back yes yeah. please I actually yeah. enjoyed it so much I yeah you can come back again. let's talk about another book again in the future we'll have you choose it yeah. um, hopefully we'll schedule that um, in the future we'll make it happen but thank you for joining us. Again, if you guys want to find Enzo on his social media platforms, we'll have it all listed down in the show notes. Um, Before yeah, we that end, Jet does it. Yeah, what's up? Can we do something new? Like, can we tell our listeners what we're currently reading? Okay, sure. Let's do that. Do you want to go first, Enzo? Oh, okay. So I'm I'm planning on reading The Children of Hurin. It's... Um, okay. It's one of the first books of Tolkien. It's before the Lord of the Rings thor- Third uh, Age. I'm a big oh, Lord of the Rings fan. Really? I finished the Silmarillion and also the Lost Tales of the Fall of Gondolin. It's a little bit... It takes me a lot of time to read them because the prose and the way of writing oh, yeah, yeah. No, Tolkien, is so complex. Tolkien is, I think, uh, he is the fantasy writer that all fantasy writers aspire to be like. Like yeah. there is you. no fantasy genre without Tolkien. I believe you. I believe you. I'm yeah. enjoying Wait, it so JK much. Rowling, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. Like I'm, I'm a Harry Potter fan through and through. Harry Potter is the book series that got me into reading. Into but reading. I will say without a doubt that that Lord of the Rings is a much better series than Whoa, Harry Potter. That's coming a lot like, from you, dude. I'll, I'll say that. I'll say that, hundred percent without any hesitation. And I'm yeah. a big Harry Potter fan. Like, so I'm Harry glad Potter. you're reading Tolkien. I'm, I, I'm hoping maybe we can do a Lord of the Rings episode if Mariana will agree to yes, it. You and me, you and Mariana. <laughs> Mariana, please, I want, no, I want it to happen because I know there's a fan base for it. So maybe, maybe in a future season we'll do that. Or maybe yes, we can please. do um his one of his works, but maybe not not Lord of the Rings because I've seen the movie Naman Good also. No, 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 the book's different. I yeah, swear. the book's okay, different. Fine. There's a lot book's of different. like yeah. scenes that are not part <laughs> fine, of the movie. Fine. Yeah. I will download What are you it. reading, Marianne? Um, I'm currently reading Stephen Schbosky's Imaginary Friends. He's also the same author for for Perks of Being a Wallflower. Ah, so he has okay. um, a, yeah, 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 yeah. a horror novel entitled Imaginary Friends. So it's written really well. I mean, him as a writer, he's yeah. a good writer. So it's like horror, but poetic. So yeah, how about you? I'm reading, I'm actually reading the book that I'm going to be covering for a five minute episode. It's called Ooh. Plain Song. It's, 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 a, it's, it's a book by a guy named Kent Haruf, who is one of my favorite uh, authors. authors. So it's very interesting because he has this trilogy, um, which Plain Song is a part of. It's called Plain Song, Eventide, and Benediction. So all of these three books, they're based in the same town and they all exist within the same universe, yeah. but they all have. Um, different stories. Uh, okay. So the way so the way his books are typically structured is, so it's like there are three different stories going on. So there, you know how like I don't know if you watch Modern Family, wherein like you know how there's like yeah, there's yeah. this family, and then there's another fa- yeah. there's like Mitch and Cam's family, there's the Dunphys, and then mm-hmm. there's the Pritchetts, and then like they all have their own storylines going on, and then somehow they all end up having that storyline intertwine throughout the episode. Oh, cool. So it's it's, it's kind of like that with his writing. So every book he writes, there's always three de- separate storylines that are, that they all seem like they're all happening independently from one another. But then he's so good at storytelling that he manages to weave the storylines in a way that in the end, they all become interconnected. And it's really hard to do that 
and but he does it so well with his storybooks and it's really yeah it even Stephen King I only mm. read this book because Stephen King um, recommended it in really? his personal book of his most influential like of a list of writers that every writer should read and Kent Haruf is one of them and I don't know if, if you guys are interested in seeing how you can weave three independent storylines and then in the end connecting them all together like that's that's what he does with his books it's kind of like his trademark so I recommend his book so watch out for my review okay. of that in a couple of weeks we'll see. nice alright nice yeah. alright so that does it for me and I think that does it for this podcast yes we're good Alright, thank you everyone for listening thank Again, you Alton, so thank much. you for joining us Thank you guys, um, thanks We'll Mariana. do that Lord of the Rings episode in the future, thanks I promise yes, you, you heard please. it here first I would love <laughs> right, to so, yeah, uh, Thank you guys, <laughs> thank you Fiction Friends for joining us, please get in touch with us on our Instagram, it's Fiction Friends PH uh, on Instagram you can get your requests there you can comment so a lot of fiction friends actually email us their requests which is cool also you can also email us we'll yes. put everything down in the show notes That's you can fun. get in touch with me Mariana or Enzo on the show notes um, everything is going to be there thank you guys for listening to us um, we hope you have a good week and stay tuned for our next episode take care be safe and uh, I don't know be kind to one another wear fish <laughs> yeah, alright bye 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 guys <laughs>